and welcome to week number four power ratings debate. Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus. If you want to follow us on the Twitter machine, you can at Matt Brown M2 at Stephen Andrus one. And we are sitting here with some significant movement as we enter week number four in the NFL. This has been a fun little exercise for us, and we hope that you can pull some information out of this as well as you go in and start to do some betting here in week four. Let's start off, Stephen. The biggest news of the week here in our power ratings is we have a new number one, and that new number one is the Los Angeles Rams. We also have a, a new number two, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They both jump the Bucks. They jump the Chiefs, who, of course, both teams coming off losses there. I have no qualms about this at all. I mean, listen, if we have to rate what we, you know, if we have to rate these teams, and we talked about this, that we're going to rate these teams based off what we believe would happen if they were to play each other currently on a neutral field. Well, I mean, look, we saw what happened with the Rams. I mean, it was a home game for the Rams and the Bucks were favored by about a point and a half after the Rams go and win and all that. I mean, I, I think we're looking at a Rams team is going to be favored on the uh, over the Bucks if we were playing on a neutral field somewhere. The the Bills finally start to look like the Bills. And uh, you know, listen, despite the one and two record, the Chiefs being at number four is where they should be. So I have no problems with the top four there rounding out the top five being the Cleveland Browns. Of course, uh, I'm super, super high on the Browns, so I have no problem there. All eight of our voters had the Rams either one or two. In fact, only one person on our staff did not have the Rams number one. That was our senior writer, Mo Nawara, that opted to put the Buffalo Bills number one. Uh, but you and I agree, the LA Rams with a big win over our previous number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers vaults them up there to the top spot. And this is a snapshot in the present moment. These aren't NFL futures the way we are filling out these power rankings each week. It is a snapshot in the present. And the Rams looked far too impressive to ignore. But I will say that I don't know what you think, Matt, but I feel like the top four or five here are pretty darn close. I don't see a ton of separation. No, not at all. Any of these could be any of these can and probably will be mixed up throughout the course of the season. And I think that that's perfectly fine as these teams continue to move. Listen, the Chiefs being at four guys at one and two, this is still a, a very, very strong team. I mean, a couple of bad decisions, a couple of bad you know breaks here and there. And that has this team sitting at one and two as opposed to three and oh. So just just think about that. Whenever you look at these power ratings, this is a team that I have no problem backing here moving forward and actually did so this week. We'll talk about that on the Megapod tomorrow. One of the biggest movers of the week coming in at number six, the Green Bay Packers up five spots. The Ravens at seven Chargers at eight. Another one of the big movers of the week 49ers at nine number 10 the Arizona Cardinals so let's talk about the two big movers here in the five to ten range that is the Packers up five that is the Chargers up five to six and eight respectively the Packers started to look like the Packers here over the last couple of weeks this doesn't surprise me Stephen this was one of the things that I was beating the drum about after that you know beat down by the Saints in week one 
they had a quarterback out there who who was playing after not doing a single thing in the offseason except yep. going on vacation and drinking beer and talking about whether he was actually going to play or not. I understand that it was a bad performance by them, but Aaron Rodgers just basically needed to get some reps. He need, I mean, nobody is immune from being rusty, and the dude needed to get some reps. He needed to get into playing shape, and here we are, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play the position, and what do you know? He's really good at football. We have them jumping up to number six, the Chargers up to number eight on a big win, albeit a a four turnover, a four over a four turnover gift win over the uh, over the over the Chiefs, but uh, up five spots to number eight for the Chargers. I have the Packers even higher in my personal poll. I had them up to number four. Our lead writer, Eli Hershkovich, shares that sentiment. Uh, We are higher than everybody else on the Packers, but it certainly, I think, goes to show you how slim the margin is for these games in the NFL, right? Aaron Rodgers needed uh, a last-second drive, 30 seconds, no timeouts, and the 49ers basically playing prevent defense and a couple of shots to Devontae Adams to set up a 50-something-yard field goal to come away with a win in that game and not blow a three-score lead on primetime against the 49ers. So again, the margins are slim here, but I'm with you. I just took that week one game against the Saints, completely drew a line through it. I'm confident that it's an anomaly and that the Packers are one of the best teams in the NFC. The the Chargers are an interesting case here, right? Because I think I might have been the only person in this poll that after the Chargers beat the Chiefs on the road, Put the Chargers above the Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs defense has serious flaws, serious issues that I'm not sure are fixable this season. So they're going to have to do what they did in the early years of Mahomes career and win in shootout fashion almost every week. I just think the Los Angeles Chargers are a complete football team. So, again, I'm not sure that I would bet on the Chargers yet to win the Super Bowl. But in this exercise, when we're looking at the present, I'm putting the Chargers a spot ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think that they would be a favorite on a neutral field. I still think that the Chiefs are going to be a favorite against this Chargers team on a neutral field. It just it's it's one of those things where the odds makers are going to look and they're going to see the four turnover performance by the Chiefs and understand that it still took a fourth down conversion, a last second score to beat them, despite the fact that they handed them four handed the ball, handed them the ball four different times in the game. So I, I just can't get there because, again, if the if the if the process here is who is favored on a neutral field I I think the Chiefs are favored on a neutral field pretty much every single time and that's fine and I'm happy to take the plus money again knowing that I only need to hit less than 50% of the time to come out with a profit so I think if you put these two teams on a neutral field 100 times you know we may disagree on this but I think it's maybe like a 55-45 split I think the Chargers are that well-rounded of a football team Number 11 uh, Dallas Cowboys number 12 the Las Vegas Raiders number 13 the Denver Broncos, number 14, the New Orleans Saints. Here is where the t- we will start to uh, talk a little bit more. Number 15, one of the biggest droppers of the week, Seattle Seahawks all the way down. Seven spots down to number 15. I think this is completely justified here, Stephen, because what we're seeing is a team that cannot play defense at all. They No lead is say it doesn't matter what Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson and all of them do on the offensive side of the ball. No, no lead is safe with the Seattle Seahawks defense. They have set up this team. This industry, this, this franchise has set up this team to fail. They have failed Russell Wilson 
and the offensive side of the ball with how poorly they have constructed this defense. And listen, as good as Russell Wilson is good, they cannot score every single time they get the ball. They are not going to score a touchdown every single drive. And the way this defense is, they almost have to do that. And so I don't have any problem with the with the huge drop here of Seattle down seven spots to number 15. I don't know what's going on in the locker room at halftime with the Seattle Seahawks, but they are dead last in the NFL in second half scoring. They are averaging 4.3 points per game in the second half through three games this year after looking like world beaters in the first half of these games. So I don't know what it is or what's going on, but they are just coming out completely flat in multiple weeks now. In the it second is, half. Uh, yeah, 47 total yard total yards, guys, in the second half wow. this past week for the Seattle Seahawks team. It was just absolutely atrocious for them. Small bump up for the Panthers after their win. Of course, they have played a pretty easy schedule up two to number 16. The Titans down three to 17. Vikings up a couple to 18. Here's the big riser we'll talk about in this uh, next little tier here. Cincinnati Bengals up seven spots to number 19. If anybody listened to the Megapod over the last couple of weeks, Stephen, you and I and Brad have beat this drum over and over again, and we will continue to beat this drum. But the offensive side of the ball for this Cincinnati Bengals team was never going to be a question. Joe Burrow is one of the better rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a very, very long time. All you have to do is look at the rookie class this year, and you can see how special Burrow and Herbert were last year. He has carried that over into this year. They added yet another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. And we just kept saying, if these guys have a defense, if these guys can actually play even middling defense, they are going to be a tough out for some of these, for some of these teams. And sure enough, they go in, beat the Steelers outright. And this defense is actually playing Pretty well, Stephen, and I think the Bengals, as long as injury bug doesn't hit them again like it did last year, I don't think teams are going to be looking at that that spot on their schedule going, oh man, at least we get the Bengals next week. I think it's going to be like, oh damn, we get the Bengals next week. I think this team... I think this defense is going to prey on bad offenses. I think they have enough talent to do that. We saw that with the Bears and the Steelers. But against competent offenses, I think the jury is still out. Uh, But on the flip side, what's interesting on offense, Matt, is that they are much more balanced than they have been in recent years with Zach Taylor. They are a lot more run heavy than they have been in recent years, which is the opposite of what you would expect with a healthy Joe Burrow. But it's paying off in different ways in the early season success for them. The defense to me, I'm I'm still I'm I think it's promising, but I look at the DVOA numbers. They're still outside the top 25 in DVOA on defense. And we'll see with a bigger sample how that plays out. But in terms of the power rankings here, I mean, the, the, the success speaks for itself. If I have them pretty high, I think maybe higher than anybody else on our staff at 15. And if you look at the teams I have them ahead of, the Tennessee Titans, the Minnesota Vikings, who they beat, the Seattle Seahawks, who can't score a point in the second half, and the New Orleans Saints, who 
have a quarterback who hasn't thrown for 200 yards this year. So I think they're a pretty well-rounded football team, what, albeit still an average team. What rankings are you looking at? Cincinnati's number four overall DVOA defense. What are you looking at, man? Am Come I looking on. at the wrong thing here? I'm looking the, at since, oh the my number goodness. four overall defense in the NFL right now in Thank DVOA. You for correcting is me. Cincinnati Thank you for Bengals, me. number eight against the pass, number two against the run DVOA right now in the NFL. So this, uh, this, this defense has definitely been getting it done this season. See, Matt, this is why you keep me honest because I was looking at the 2020 tab like a friggin' jack wagon so <laughs> so yes, yeah yes, yes. but but I will say though that I, I want to see more of a sample size though because they did play two pretty pathetic offenses in the Chicago Bears and Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers who can't throw a ball more than 15 yards anymore with any kind of zip on it so I do want to see them against some better opponents uh if I know it's the Jaguars on Thursday night and and Trevor Lawrence has struggled. But if you watch the tape, I think Daniel Jeremiah had a great tweet saying that all of his interceptions this year for Trevor Lawrence were situations where he had a wide open check down and would have gotten 10 plus yards. So if he makes that type of correction, I am curious if a younger gunslinger like Lawrence can take advantage of this defense. But um, overall, though, I, I have been. I don't want to get away from my overall point here, even though I, I messed up royally and looked at the wrong stat for the defense, uh, that I like this team. I think they're solid. I'm not sure they're a playoff team, but they're certainly a lot more competent than some of the crap at the bottom of these power rankings. Yeah, uh, pro football focus. Also pretty much in agreement here. The number nine overall defense, according to pro football focus, that Cincinnati Bengals team, certainly a giant surprise here early on in the season. Round out the top 20, the New England Patriots down three spots. This is just a middling team. This doesn't surprise me at all, Stephen. It's just a middling team. I mean, like you got a rookie quarterback without any real weapons. James White goes out for an extended period of time now. There's no playmakers at the wide receiver position for this Patriots team. And if they are they are basically a a poor man's version of the Ravens if if they get ahead they can probably hold the lead they can probably stick to it but they're just not built to come from behind they're just they're with a rookie quarterback with no real weapons at wide receiver they don't again they don't have I don't think it's can be emphasized enough what James White going out means to a rookie quarterback not having that safety valve anymore so you know it's just a it's just a team if they get a lead they're probably a team that you can kind of like uh, assume that they're going to hold that lead more times than not and uh, if they get down they're a team I might just start in game living against all over the place if they get down because I just do not think they're built to to come back and and really you know uh, any sort of deficit at all in the in the NFL the way the NFL is currently constructed they just don't have the passing game they just don't have it to get it done I am looking at the proper DVOA now and they are outside the top 20 this year so like they were supposed to get all this talent back on defense right they were supposed to be um, a little more talented after the COVID year and the success hasn't been there defensively so I'm kicking myself right now Matt that I didn't get the Bucks minus three on the look ahead and we're looking more like a touchdown right now because uh, I don't know how they hang with Tom Brady even though that the, the Bucks have been struggling in the secondary on defense. 100%. 21, the Philadelphia Eagles, 22, Miami Dolphins, 23, Washington football team, 24, Indianapolis Colts, and then a huge faller here at 25 in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, listen, this is just the, this, this is just the way the Steelers team is, Stephen. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball 
down the field at all anymore. We have been preaching this since the get-go. We were preaching this in the offseason. We were talking about the Steelers team, and it's played out exactly how we thought. I mean, the guy threw 19 times to his running back this past week. 19 targets for Najee Harris. That is insanity. 19 targets because he is too afraid to throw the ball down the field. He can't do it anymore. Um, and look, the the one big strength here for this team as we've talked about, was like, oh, well, it's going to be that pass rush. It's going to be whatever. Well, you know, look, when TJ Watt's out there, yeah, it's still a good pass rush, still good defense. When he's not out there, they've not been able to generate anything. That's how important just that singular player is to this defense as well. And so I I was bearish on the Steelers coming into the season. I am even more bearish now seeing that me thinking that Roethlisberger was washed is actually playing out. I don't know how they fix it. I really don't like I do that. He retires. (laughs) I do. He retires. I'm with you, man. But like, (laughs) like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins coming in this year, isn't going to fix it either. You know, I mean, at least they can maybe throw the ball down the field, but they're going to make more mistakes than Ben Wood. They're banged up on defense. Even the week one win against the Buffalo Bills. They had, a, I think, a special teams or a defensive score in that game. So their offense didn't really win them that game either. So they're, I, they're in a bad, dark place right now. And I don't know how they fix it. I really don't. Yeah, it is a it's a it's a bad team, bad spot, bad everything, because you can't make Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. You can't make Ben Roethlisberger retire. So he's got to do it on his own accord. And, and listen, here's, I don't know. It, I, I'd hate to be a Steelers fan right now is all I'm saying. I'm with you, but I also want to at least add this context too that we're talking about this in terms of just straight up winning and losing games, right? Because they're playing the Packers in Lambeau this week. We're not saying that the Packers minus seven is a slam dunk. Like Mike Tomlin's still a great coach. He knows how to get these guys motivated, give out a good effort. They're a well-coached team. Wouldn't shock me in the least if the Steelers keep that close, but in the context of power rankings and actually winning games, I think they're lost. So we'll see how this plays out against the spread over the rest of the year but just in, in it's important to recognize we're talking about wins and losses here not necessarily covering the spread and talk about another team to end game pile on against if they get down because you oh my are goodness. Ben, ben Roethlisberger it cannot push the ball down the field anymore at all and you just can't come back from two score deficits dinking and dunking the ball down the field to Najee Harris all over the place you're going to run out of time and that's all they can do and so another team to pile on in game whenever they me, get down let me tell you a story about how NFL defenses react when they notice a quarterback is like this and aging when I was uh, working for the Indianapolis Colts they played the Denver Broncos in the divisional round of the playoffs and Peyton Manning was shot at that point this is actually the year mm-hmm. before Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl and rode out into the sunset but even the year before his arm was shot And all of the defensive players and all the defensive coaches that week in practice were quietly saying that he can't throw it deep. So they adjusted their entire defensive game plan to move everybody closer to the line of scrimmage and knowing that he physically couldn't beat them deep. Mm -hmm. And it completely changed everything and it completely made it a mismatch. So I guarantee you that teams are scheming that way against the Steelers offense, despite the talented players they have at receiver who just can't get the ball to them in deep spots. 
Number 26, Atlanta Falcons up two spots. They basically just have to move up because we had to move people down because the teams played so incredibly poorly. That being number 27, the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields just absolutely pathetic in his first go at it. And we were all over that one. That was a that was an easy coast win for us there in that first start for him on the road at the at the Browns. Just a just completely overmatched in that game. 28, the New York Giants down another spot. Boy, this team again, really, really bad. And now looks like they're going to be without Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, at least for a game here. Um, it's 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 bad, bad, bad in New York there, Stephen. They're down to 28. The Lions stay pat at 29. I think the Lions might be the best bad team in the NFL um, of all these teams. I actually think that they're probably better than the Giants. I think they're probably better than the Bears as well. Uh, 30 is the Houston Texans. 31, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we do have a new last place team here in the New York football Jets. Of these bottom seven here, I mean, I think the thing for me to, I think the real takeaway for me here is if this Bears team is going to continue to make play calls the way that they are playing, I, 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 this is going to be a bet against team. It's, it's a bet against or pass for me on this Bears team pretty much moving forward unless the spreads just get so completely out of whack that you just kind of have to take the other side because there's no firepower at all on offense. I mean, you have one of the top, let's say arguably dozen wide receivers in all of the NFL and this guy can't get a couple more than a couple of catches a game. There's just no firepower at all. The play calling has been atrocious and frankly, the defense has been enough to keep them from getting completely blown out. I mean, that's basically what that's the status of what we're all right now. I mean, they've they they're the number nine defense overall DVOA. So like that's the only reason, Stephen, we're not looking at this Chicago Bears team and and seeing them just completely. I mean, you know, losing games by thirty points plus because they can't score at all. The defense is just at least making it look somewhat better than it actually is. This is where I think the practice of just blindly looking at the look ahead line and comparing it to the current line and looking for value can get you in trouble because this line was bears minus six on the look ahead and it's been flirting with, you know, minus two and a half Mm -hmm. minus three for most of this week. No, thank you. I still don't want it yeah, because same. <laughs> seriously, like you could not pay me to bet on the Bears this week because no. even their one win in a similar buy low spot in week two against the Bengals where that line came down, I think from, you know, around four down to minus one, minus one and a half. They beat the Bengals by three and needed a defensive touchdown to do it. So this offense has been anemic and I don't know if this is a hot take, but I'll give you a prediction for next week's power rankings that the Detroit Lions will be ahead of the Chicago Bears in our power rankings and will stay there for the rest of the season. Because I, I think I, I Dan think so the Man well. Campbell, I think Dan the Man Campbell is a better coach than Matt Nagy at this I point. Imagine saying that in the preseason. I know. I know. It's just it's insanity. The 31st graded DVOA offense in the NFL is in fact the Chicago 
Bears. And I mean, listen, it is still a team that has Allen Robinson and still has, you know, still has uh, Darnell Mooney, who, by the way, had a really good, you know, preseason. Also, it's not like they're just completely talent devoid. They spent high draft capital on Cole Komet at did, did tight end. I mean, like this is just not a completely talent devoid team. It's just they cannot get it right. And with that, they are a fade team for me. For sure. The Giants, like we said, injuries and everything else on top of bad play call, on top of bad scheming. That team, really, really bad. The Houston, so I, I as we get out of here, though, the, the bottom three teams is so intriguing to me, Stephen, because hmm. now that the Texans have had to move on to Davis Mills and the Jags can't do anything right whatsoever and the Jets have the worst offensive line maybe I've ever seen in my whole life. It is going to be a race to the bottom between these three teams. I mean, it is which one of these three teams is going to end up as the absolute worst is going to be very, very fun for me to gauge over the course of the rest of the season, because, man, they are really, really bad now. We have the Jets 32, and that's, again, snapshot at the present. They played a brutal schedule for a rookie to face defenses. I think that's the team that actually has some upward mobility here for the rest of the season um, when they play some easier defenses. And maybe as soon as this week against the Tennessee Titans, we'll talk about that more in depth on the podcast tomorrow. But I think in this early season with rookie quarterbacks, obviously rookie quarterbacks are going to get better as the season goes on. But we also have to be careful about when our views are skewed to the point where we think it's unfixable after they faced elite defenses. And I think Zach Wilson got got, you know, a bad draw here in his first few games of his NFL career. Guys, as we said, these these power rankings are something you can just use as a tool to help you if you're you know if you're undecided on something if you want to see where you know you want to try and clear your mind of any sort of bias or any sort of anything like that this is a this is a this is basically what are we at six different people who vote in this now Stephen is that, is that where we're at we're up six, to eight six, actually up to eight so this is eight different people who are looking at the NFL trying to do this from an unbiased standpoint of team A versus team B on a neutral field and how they look today in the NFL. And so if you need to kind of come in, do some comparison stuff to where you might can get rid of some of your biases as well. We take everybody's results, we average them out, and then that's how we end up at the power rankings that we are right now. This is not just through the lens of one single voter or one single writer or anything like that. I mean, we are we are taking some of the people who literally watch every game every single week. I mean, I, I can assure you, I watch more NFL than anybody on the than anybody possibly can <laughs> on the face of the planet. I watch every single game twice, you know, so it's just there's just no it's it's it really can, I think, help you be a better, better along the way. Um, and again, if anything else, it can just help you maybe get rid of some of the biases along the way, because it's very easy to get in your mind what a team is and then stick to that and hold on to that and not be able to adapt on a week to week basis because I can be down on a team long term. For example, the Ravens, I think I am down long term on the Ravens while also understanding that there is value on the Ravens this week and where we stand this week in a game, you know, so th these are the different things that as as betters, you know, I know a lot of you guys are probably new to, to this because it's, you know, betting just got legalized in your state and you just became more interested in how to get better at all this. And one of the things you got to do is be able to kick your your week to week biases and just look at, at everything on a week to week basis. And Stephen, 
that's probably one of the hardest things and one of the longest things it took me to be able to do was holding on to a prior on a team and not totally forgetting about a prior, but also not being so stubborn that I can't change my opinion on a team because it's still the NFL. It's still wacky. It's still crazy. And teams can make either big, big leaps one way or the other can really improve or can really, really fall off a cliff at a rapid rate if they are just getting out talented. And so it's uh, I think that this is something that can really, really help a better from that standpoint as well. Yeah, really well said, Matt. And I just think from a wide angle lens view, one of the worst things you can do when you're trying to bet on the NFL is look at the final scores of games without looking for further context. That context is critical to how we formulate our opinions for future weeks. I'll go back to that Chicago Bears example from week two. Yes, they beat the Bengals 20 to 17, but they got 10 of those points on a defensive score and a field goal in which they went three and out after their defense forced turnover. So that offense is putrid. That win didn't change our opinion of that. And we have to think that moving forward until they show us some semblance of functionality on the offensive side. Guys, we will have the Megapod for you tomorrow. If you are not already subscribed over on the YouTube page, please go and do that. Go to the Lions homepage. There's a big button that says YouTube. Click on it. It'll take you to our page. Hit that subscribe button so that you're the first to be notified every time one of our videos go live. We're going to take the Megapod. We'll chop it up into every single game as well. So if you're only interested in a few different games, you can actually sit there and only click on and listen to the segments that have those games as well. And so this is what we're trying to do to get you as much content as possible and help you put in some winning bets. We're coming off of really, really, really good week this past week. So hopefully we can keep that going as well. If you want to follow Steven on Twitter at Steven Andrus one, if you want to follow me at Matt Brown M two for Steven, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada.